0: Hey guys, Cole here, and welcome to Passion Youth Podcast. This is night one of Passion Youth Camp 2018, and we could not be more excited. Brother Justin Barksdale is going to be speaking tonight, and his sermon title is The Battle of the Heart. He spoke on the deception of our own heart and how it can lead us down the path of destruction and the importance of engaging and following the heart of God. So third year Passion Youth Camp, anybody excited in the house? Come on. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I mean really excited in the house. Like, I still don't think they're that excited, brother. They're, they're pretty excited, you think? I think so. I mean, if you graded them on a scale of 1 to 10, what would it be like right now? 11. 11, wow. Would you guys rate yourself at 11? All right. No. So let's see if you can do better if you don't think it's an 11. Let's try it. Ready? One, two, three. Three. And some didn't even do nothing. I'm looking at one. She's just looking at me like what? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited. If you don't know who I am, I'm Justin um Barksdale. And I don't know how Pastor Josh decided to choose me to go first, but that's what happened. So you got me first night. Anybody like to worship? I love to worship. I love to worship. Even you know what? You know what's great about worship? Even if you know you, you, you hit the wrong note. You're just worshiping to the king so it don't matter as long as you're doing it from your heart. And you know what? Before I get started tonight, I want you to close your eyes. Everybody in the room, close your eyes. I'm not going to do nothing weird, like make you raise your hand or say something crazy. But I want us to just take a deep breath. I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to breathe real deep. You hear that beat? You know, too many times we come to camp, we just get started and we blow right through it. Keep your eyes closed. We're not in the moment, we're not mindful of what God's trying to do. But this first night of camp, I want to talk about something something that's going to impact you the rest of this week and the rest of your life if you don't get it right. And that's your heart. And here's the thing, it starts tonight, you can't, but your heart, and if it's pleasing to the Lord, and if it's to the Lord, continues the rest of your life. You can open your eyes. Tonight, you know, our theme is engage. Anybody, you know, you saw the video, you probably heard a little bit of the definition of engage. And I'm not going to go through a big, long definition. But one thing that sticks out in my mind when I hear the word engage is a battle. I want to engage a battle. You know, soldiers who engage in battle. And one of those definitions that I found, it says to enter into contest or battle with. And tonight, I want to preach this very first youth service, camp service, excuse me, on the subject of the battle with your heart. Somebody say, the battle with your heart. Say heart with me. Heart. Heart. What you laid your hand on a few minutes ago. Matthew 15, number 19 says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, Adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemes. Proverbs six sixteen through 18 says, These six things, listen up to this because it's important. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, What's that word right there? A. That devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and running to evil. I think that's the last one. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Matthew 5 and 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in for they shall see God. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Guard your heart, Above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We live in a society where our heart is easily captivated by the hollow and deceptive philosophies of a godless culture. Think about your schools. Think about the people that you hang out with, maybe. Do they know God? Or is there even a thought of God in their life? In a lot of cases, they're not. And at an early age, we've all been exposed to things like, and don't take me wrong when I say this, Disney movies, things like Disney movies that teach us to, Cole, follow your heart. And if you like Pocahontas, anybody like Pocahontas? Come on, come on now. The movie Pocahontas, come on, raise your hand. Come on, girls, everybody, Pocahontas. I happen to like, I know you guys are manly, but I watch Pocahontas. And, and Mother Willow, Grandmother Willow, tree, y'all remember her? What did she tell Pocahontas? What's the song? Anybody know it? What's that? Not This Around the River Band, no. That, that is one <laughs> song. Very close, Josh. I'm glad you remember that. What was that? Colors of the wind, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. It's very subtle, but indeed a word. It said, listen to your heart. She sang, listen to your heart. Listen, I can only even have it right. Listen to your heart. Sam, you got to sing it for us right now. Anybody want to hear her sing, my bride? You will understand. Da, 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 da. Anybody remember that? Okay, I'll move on. But the point is, our culture is telling us to follow your heart. Listen to your heart. Well, guess what? Those scriptures I just read, do you think your heart is something you need to be listening to? The answer is no. What we've been taught is that if you'll only look deep into your heart, you will know what to do. Anybody heard that before? Look into your heart. You'll know what to do in this situation. Your heart will tell you what to do. Well, guess what? Yeah, it'll tell you. But it's just going to tell you what you want, not what God wants. And your heart is deceptive. Your heart is not to please God. It's to please you. And if we don't have a heart change, and if we don't give him our heart, guess what? That's what our lives are going to be, all to please ourselves. The culture says your heart won't lie to you. Be true to your heart. Just trust your heart. And look, don't get me wrong, I'm not against Disney. But guess what? They're introducing things like follow your heart. And guess what? It's wrong. It's wrong. The truth is your heart wants what you want, not what God wants. And until your heart is completely and continually given to Jesus, you will continue to have selfish desires. Think about it a minute. The Bible says that you have a stony, stubborn heart. Look up Ezekiel 36. It says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. You look all the way back at Genesis 6. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight, so be ready. Genesis 6, 5 through 6. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. How many can look in our world today? Pastor Kevin preached about it this morning. And the wickedness of man is great in the earth. It's great in the earth. And what does it say? And that every intent of the thoughts of Of his heart was evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth. He was sorry that he made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. This is because man does not love his maker with all of their heart, soul, and strength, but loves himself. So therefore, we break God's laws to please ourselves. God is grieved by the condition of our hearts. If you look at the world today, God is grieved at this world, even as it was in the days of Noah. Now you know. You know, you know the Noah I'm talking about, right? Okay, just make sure. His heart is grieved that every thought that we have it's coming from our heart, and that's evil, evil thoughts are coming from there. So, see, nobody needs to train you how to commit a sin. Everybody catch that? Nobody needs to teach you how to commit a sin. Guess what, Hannah? You just do. You ask my five-year-old, and when he doesn't listen, did I teach him not to listen? He just did it. And what is a child that you see, and probably some of you like the word, Mine. Anybody like the word mine? That's mine. That's mine. There he is back there. I knew somebody was in here. Mine. We're in a mine culture. All I want is for me and mine and what's good for me. It's mine. It's all mine. I just want mine. Whatever's mine. It belongs to me. Guess what? Not really. And if, as a child, you do not receive godly instruction or correction from your parents, many grow up living a life filled with the heart to please themselves. And even if you grew up in, in, in under godly instruction, guess what? Unless your heart is fully committed to Jesus, you're just playing the part. Come on, your mama and daddy can teach you all the right things. And you can come to church every Sunday and be at every youth service. But if your heart is not here and toward Jesus and you're just doing it because they told you to do it, guess what? Your heart is not right. Your heart is far from the Lord. If you're coming to church just to be here with your friends or just because your parents told you to, guess what? Your heart is not here. Matthew 15, 8 says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The Bible says in Psalms 51 and 5, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Jeremiah 17:9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who Can know it Some of you think you know what's going on in your heart And you think I got this You think oh yeah I got it figured out I don't need to go to that church I don't need to listen to that preacher I don't need to listen to my mom and dad I don't need to do this I don't need to do that But I got this Guess what You don't even know your own heart Because your heart is lying to you And you've been following it for too long David, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Boy, I I want that label. I want to be a man or a woman, not me, a woman, but you guys, you know what I'm saying? After God's heart. But even David, guess what? He listened to his heart. And he put his eyes on the wrong thing. And he looked over that balcony and he saw Bathsheba. I'm not even going to go read the scripture, but you, you've heard this. And he looked upon that woman, and guess what? She was another man's wife. He looked on her. Then he got in bed with her. Then he killed her husband. A man after God's own heart did all this. Think about that a minute. What your heart will do to you, you will never know if you let it. If you listen to your heart, if you follow your heart like our culture is telling us to do, you will do things you never thought you would do. Psalms 51.10 says, this is, this is David after he had been repented. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This verse just just leaps out of me, and I pray this often, and I don't even realize it, but create in me, Lord, a clean heart because I know my heart is not right, and I have to continually keep it in check to make sure I'm following what you want me to follow. David, he's repenting of his sin. David's heart was so wrapped up in what he wanted, he harmed others to get it. Think about that a minute. There are things in your life that you will go to no end to get because your heart's telling you you need it. David had what I like to call spiritual heart failure. He had a blip in a moment where, you know, his heart died. I got some medical people in here, right? Guess what happens when you have a heart attack and you have some heart failure going on? What happens? You got to go shock them. Takes some reviving going on, right? Well, guess what? The only way to revive the heart is through humility and repentance. The only way to get your heart right is through humility and repentance. The only way the Lord is going to bring revival to the church today is if our hearts cry is, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. I long to see revival in your hearts this week. I long to see Jesus take out your stony, stubborn heart, remove it, and put his heart in there. I long to see you be changed forever and that when you come back next year for camp, that you're bringing more people with you because your heart is to please what the father wants. And guess what? He don't want any of your friends or your buddies that you so dearly love to go to hell. And when we get that picture in our head that we're not just in it to come to church and go through the motions, but we get revival of repentance and humility in our heart, we begin to tell other people about Jesus without fear. When God puts his spirit in you, he empowers you to be a witness for him. There's a battle with your heart in my prayer for this camp is that you would begin to engage in that battle with your heart. There's a tug-of-war going on, back and forth, back and forth. And one day you're in, and one day you're out. One day you're all for Jesus, and the next minute you're all for whatever else you're doing. And if we can get to the heart of the matter, if I may, the heart of the matter, the heart of the matter is your heart. The heart of the matter is where are you living? What is inside of you? When you take a deep breath and you feel that, is your heartbeat to please Jesus? I want you to ask yourself that this morning or tonight. Jeez, it's been a long day. Luke chapter 22, he's laughing at me. Verse 1 through 3, and they didn't put this up. I'll give it to you because I like it in this version, that we didn't have this version, so I'll just go through this. The festival of thin bread, which is also called the Passover, was near. The chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses were looking for a way to get rid of Jesus because they were afraid of what the people might do. This is what the Word says. Listen to this carefully. Then Satan entered... The heart of Judas Iscariot. Anybody know who Judas was? Judas was one of the 12 disciples? Everybody, I got nods, I got some out. Anybody know who Judas was? Come on. It's one of the 12 disciples. He's the one who betrayed Jesus, right? Satan entered the heart of Judas Iscariot. Most of us knows, knows, know what happened next. Jesus and his disciples are at the Passover meal. And we're going to pick up, and she's going to put it on the screen for me, Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 22. It says, when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Somebody say at the table. They sat down at the table, and Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among you. And, and I'm going to just expound here a little bit. The, the wine was a picture of Jesus' blood. And we, we do this at communion time. And I'm not going to go too into detail with this. But for I will not drink wine until uh, the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this and remember of me. After the supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, somebody say here at this table, sitting among you as a friend, say that with me, sitting among you, us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. Keep going. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? Some of you have walked into this camp tonight, and Jesus has prepared a feast for you this week. Spiritual land, and we got a lot of food. You no, know. Brother Gary, man. How many like to pass tonight? Jesus has prepared a lot of food for you this week. Anybody hungry? I'm talking on spiritually right now. Anybody hungry? He's prepared a lot of food for you. But guess what? You sit here unaware that Satan has massaged your heart to sleep and you're just here. And you're ready to get through camp and have a good time and do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I'm telling you tonight, this is your checkup. This is Jesus knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, what sorrow awaits the man or the girl in this youth camp who betrays me. Who gives your heart away to Satan. Who lets Satan enter your heart and deceive you. He's calling you tonight. He's calling you tonight to dine with him at the table and to commit your entire life, not just this week, to him. We need a revelation that this goes beyond camp. I know it's the first day. I know camp's not over, and I probably should say this at the end. But you know what? If I say it at the beginning, maybe it'll stick, that you don't need to just go through the motions. This is not just another, another camp, but this is a moment in time for you this very night. That you hear the word of the Lord, that we must humble ourselves and repent for the heart that we have because it's not toward Jesus. I know that's strong and I'm sorry, but you know what? I'm just, I, I feel it and I see Judas and what sorrow awaits for him that it didn't have to be that way. Peter is another disciple. Guess what? He denied Jesus too. But you know what he did? He repented. He denied Jesus three times. Oh, well, that's not the same as giving Jesus up to the people who's going to kill him. It's the same. And every moment you follow your own heart and you do what you want instead of what God wants, you're betraying him. You put him back on the cross. And what sorrow awaits you if you continue to follow your heart? This doesn't have to be you tonight. This doesn't have to be your story. So what do we need to do? I've got three points. I want, I want you to, I don't normally do points, but I've just felt in my spirit we needed to have some points that you could take back with you. The first one is we need to recognize that, this, that Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's out to fill your heart with pride, lust, selfishness, envy. He's going to the door of your heart and he's knocking tonight saying, you can have anything you want, just do it my way. You can have anything you want, just follow me. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14 says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how were you cut down to the ground, you who are weakened, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, this is Satan now, Lucifer, Satan. Let's get that clear. He was an angel, and this is where it talks about that he was cast down from heaven because of what happened, right? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Somebody say I. You got to get the I out of you. You got to get linked up with Jesus and say wherever you go, Jesus, I don't matter, but you matter. I needs to get out of you. Satan would like nothing more than for you to join him in his fall. He wants your heart and he will stop at nothing to pursue it. You see, we are so disengaged from the world around us. We're caught up in our pretend lives on Snapchat. I know, I know. I'm going there. You've got Twitter accounts, Instagram and Facebook and all of those some of you are living a fake life. When I was your age, it was AOL. Anybody remember AOL? AIM, I think it was called. Yeah, I got some in the back back there. I, I literally, this is not in my notes so that you know this is the Holy Spirit. I literally would get on there and pretend. I, I think it was a, a, you had an opportunity to uh, play uh, pool is what I'm thinking of, online. And I would get in these little chat rooms and, and you know what? I figured it out. They would always ask you your age, your sex, and your location. Remember that? Anybody remember that? Old, some of you old, old old folks up in here. That's, we, you don't remember that, man. You ain't that old. They might ask you that right now. But they asked me my age, my sex, and my location. They want to know who I was. I had this little funky little little username. You know, I don't remember, even remember what it was. But I'd get in these chat rooms. And I would pose as an older man in a different location. And I would talk myself up. I would play the game online. I don't know who I was talking to. They'll never figure it out. I remember having a deep relationship. This went on for weeks with this girl that I probably toyed with her heart. You think that was me? That was Satan entering my heart. And I thought it was okay. I thought it was funny. Playing around online. Literally lying to people left and right. But you know what? It ain't, it ain't so different. We get on our Snapchats and our, I don't even have Snapchat, but Snapchats and Twitter accounts. And, and we see everybody else and how they're supposed to be. And we try to, we try to take just the right picture of our face because, you know, we don't want everybody to see the flaws we got going on. We want them to see the good parts. Right, Hannah? The good side of me. Make sure you get this side of me right here because, you know, I don't really like this shirt right here. You know what I'm saying? I got to get this side right here. And we do that. And, and we, we beef up who we are online because we want people to like us and like our, our little posts we put on there. And, and we're so insecure that we live and thrive off of a like. Think about it a minute. Satan is trying to destroy you through some of these avenues. Better yet, (laughs) you're going to love this, guys. Better yet, you're so caught up in your video games that you don't even recognize what he's doing to your heart. Think about that video game you like so much. What is it teaching you? What is it, what is it, putting in your life. I I know this is tough because I like video games too. And I grew up playing Call of Duty when they had the first one out. And all these other ones that are just great. And you know what? If we sit there and we let that pour into our life and it becomes a focal point in our life, that begins to stir up our heart and it gets far from God. Think about it a minute. What else is in your life that you're allowing? Some of you, some of you, you've been secretly inviting into your life secular music, TV shows that you don't need to be watching, movies that you don't need to be watching, video games you don't need to be playing, and you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Satan is laughing at you right now. He's saying, let me get him to follow his heart into what he wants to do and do it his way. Let me get her to like that little boy and give, her, her, give him her whole heart because that's what we do. We get to like somebody and we give them a heart and you let them run wild with it. And guess what? They don't like more, no more like you than the man on the moon. We're playing around with people. We cannot invite the secular culture into our homes and expect its voice not to compel us. You're fooling yourself if you think it's not going to hurt me if I just watch this one movie with a few curse words in it every so often. This isn't a game. It's war. It's war over your heart. There's a battle, and it isn't against your flesh, but it's against principalities of the air, which is Satan. We must submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. One of the scariest places to be is a place where you call yourself a Christian and deny Jesus by your lukewarmness of your heart. Pastor Kevin was tap dancing all over my sermon, part of my sermon today. We're lukewarm. We're lukewarm. That's night neither hot or neither cold, and God don't like it. One minute we're in, one minute we're out. One minute we're on fire for Jesus, and we want to be in our Bible every single day, and guess what? That's awesome. The next minute, the next moment, guess what? You're going back, and you're full-hearted onto your video games, your Snapchat, and you, you spent so much time on there that you haven't even been in your word all week. Or you're playing ball, and you love ball so much that it owns your heart. That Jesus can't own your heart because you're so involved in your ball. Guess what? Your ball needs to come second to Jesus. And if you can't do ball and have Jesus, then guess what? Bye-bye, Ball. Because I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. That's what the old song says. We need to humble ourselves and repent of our sin. We need to humble ourselves and repent of our sin. My next point we must engage the Word of God. Engage the Word of God. Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter number 5, had just reviewed the Ten Commandments with all of the Israelites in the wilderness. And I'm going to pick up in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. It says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, To keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. Hear, O Passion Youth Camp, campers. Hear, be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here, O oh youth camp, here, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates how many of you and some of you come from homes where your families don't go to church i understand that but how many of you do you see your mom and dad talking about the the word talking about Jesus when they're getting up and when they're going down when they're by their way When they're walking down the street, when you're in the car, going to wherever you're going to eat, and you've got it on your heart. That's what it means to be on your heart, is that you're doing it continuously, and it's what you live, and you eat, and you breathe, and it's all you. It's everything inside of you. Oh, that our hearts would long for the bread of life. We need a fresh hunger and desire for the commandments and the word of the Lord. Can I get a witness on that? We need a fresh hunger for Jesus And what he desires for our life. We need to wake up and go to sleep thinking about the word of God. We need to bind them around our hands and our necks. And get some home decor. With some scriptures put up in your room. Instead of whatever poster or whatever other stuff you got. I don't even know. It used to be like Backstreet Boys for all you older girls. Youth leader girls. Got some Backstreet Boys posters probably still up. Hidden in the back. I don't even know what you put in your room now, but you need to get some that have some scriptures on it. You need to get some that say, you know what? As for me in my house, I will serve the Lord. As for me in this room, I will serve the Lord. If you're the only one in your house, you can take a stand. You it don't have to be your family if your family's not saved, but you can start that fire. You can win your family over just by doing these things. Lord, I want your word more than anything. I need to hear your voice more than anything. I need you to come into my heart more than anything that I want or desire. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And it is, is, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. See, the Bible will tell you if your heart's in the right place or not. If you're in your word and you're seeking for the truth, it's going to tell you if your heart's in the right place or not. Ephesians six ten through 17. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand within the day, with, with in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, of which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. How do we fight our battles? How do we fight this battle with our heart? It's, we fight it with the word of God. We fight it with our hands, with our on our knees and our hands clenched in prayer. We fight it when we worship. We continually ask ourselves, is my heart right? This week is a season in your life dedicated to hearing the heart of the Father. And he is knocking on your heart's door tonight. He's knocking on your heart's door tonight. He's saying, hey, hey, let me in. Let me in. I want to live inside of you. I want to be your God. I want to clean this heart up. Make it right. 2 Samuel 23, 9-10 says, And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Somebody say, the son of Dodo. The Ahite. <laughs> One of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for a battle. And the men of Israel had retreated. Somebody say, the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. See, the story of Eleazar, he's one of David's, King David's mighty men. Anybody in 223? That whole chapter, 223, is about the mighty men of David. It's one of my favorites. For when all of Israel had retreated, think about that a minute. Picture yourself. Everybody that's with you, they left. He's by himself. All alone. Nobody there. Guess what? Do you think he left? No. But his hand clung to the word, the sword. And guess what happened? God brought a great victory that day. How do we fight our battles? We fight them with this word. If you're not in your word... Guess what? Your heart will deceive you. If you're not in your word, Satan will enter in and you will betray the one you love. Where are the mighty men and women of God in this generation? Where are they at? Hopefully in this room. Whose hand will cling to the word of God? And when everyone else is retreating, they'll keep fighting. See, in this culture today, everybody's following their heart, but nobody's following Jesus' heart. So when everybody else is leaving, if you're a true follower of Jesus, if he's truly in your heart, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're standing alone because he's going to be with you. He's going to be right there, right in the midst when your mom and dad are having a fight. Or when they're divorced and and all hell is breaking out. And and you're you're in your room by yourself. See, I've been there. You're in your room by yourself and you're crying. And your heart is broke because of all the junk going on in your life. Guess what? If you cling to the word of God, he's going to be right there to meet you. He's going to be right there to touch your heart and help you through this. See, the enemy has surrounded your life with traps to captivate your heart. And tonight, you need to stand up and let Jesus fight your battles. 2 Timothy 2 and 4 says, No one engaged, somebody say engaged, in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. My last point. Pursue, somebody say pursue the heart of god Matthew 22:36 through 40 Master which is the greatest commandment in the law And Jesus said unto him Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy and with all thy soul and with all thy might This is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says but the lord said to Samuel this is when they were going to anoint David to be king he said to Samuel do not look at the appearance or at his physical stature because i have refused him for the lord does not see as a man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And I just have to ask tonight, whose heart are you following? Are you pursuing the heart of God? Y'all can come up and play. Are you pursuing Jesus? Jesus. Your heart is in a battle for what is good and what is is evil. Are you after God's heart tonight or are you just doing what you want to do? Have you invited Jesus into your heart tonight? He died for you. He bore the stripes and the crown. I want you to picture him right now. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. He was spit on. If you've already asked him into your heart, are you pursuing him with all of your heart? Jesus wants your whole heart. And he's sick and tired of being second best in your life. He's sick and tired of walking into the doors of your heart and finding other things that are taking up space in the home that you said you gave to him. He's sick and tired of being over here. And you know what? What sorrow awaits the man that betrays Jesus. What sorrow awaits us when we do not repent of our sin and come humbly before Jesus. Y'all begin to play. Psalms 34 and 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and save such as I have, and save such as has a contrite spirit. Some of you walked into camp tonight with a broken heart. The enemy has lied to you and told you that it will never get better. Come on, it looks hopeless. You've got disappointment in your life. You feel isolated. You feel lonely. It looks hopeless and your heart is telling you that nothing is ever going to change. You're overwhelmed, you're fearful, you're proud, you're insecure, you're angry. These are all the emotions of your heart and they're playing through on cycle over and over and over. And guess what? The enemy would like nothing more for you to believe that lie coming from your heart. He doesn't want you to invite Jesus into your life. He doesn't want you to be forever changed at a youth camp. He doesn't want you to pursue God with your whole heart. All he wants you to do is give up. But I've come tonight to tell you I'm not giving up. And you're not either. If you determine that I'm not leaving this camp the same way I walked in here, I'm not leaving this place until my heart is right with Jesus, until I'm pursuing Him. Oh, He wants more of you. He wants more of you. Jesus wants to take out that stony heart. He wants to take out that broken heart and He wants to mend it and use it for His glory. See, the battle over your heart can only be won when you put Jesus in your heart and you put His Spirit in you. You can't fight this by yourself. You need to engage in this battle. It begins this week engage your heart in such a way that you get real and honest with God. You say, God, I don't know if I'm right with you. I don't know if I've asked you in my heart because I've been acting a fool and I know that ain't right. Ask yourself, what's really going on with me? What's really happening on the inside of me? Am I really out to pursue the heart of Jesus or am I just trying to please somebody in my life and not please Jesus? Don't be a fake.